commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! You may fire when ready. From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Greg Skondak, and you're listening to Core World News, your Hornet news service providing in-depth coverage of the latest stories from around the galaxy. Welcome to a Reading Raftar special. This week, the team and a special guest review Star Wars Shadow of the Sith by Adam Christopher. Now it's time to navigate the unknown regions with your CWN news team. All right. Thank you very much, Grex. Uh, welcome, everyone, to a very special edition of Core World News. Um, we have a special guest this week, Meg Dowell uh, Mondam. Is that what you're you recently married? Um, using tagging on uh, his name as well? Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, she's here. She is a journalist. She is a Star Wars literary expert. Um, she's uh, owner of the Instagram handle uh, Star Wars Book Reviews. She's an edit the editor of Dork Side of the Force, uh, which is a big deal. Uh, also a podcaster, um, just released Now This Is Lit, uh, Star Wars Podcasts, which is uh, fantastic. Welcome, Meg. Thank you so much for joining us this week. How are you doing? I am good. Thanks for having me. I really don't realize how many things I do until someone <laughs> just is sitting in front of me listing them off. And I'm like, I do have free time. I, do I don't know. I, I do. do I, yeah, I, watch do a, I, I play a lot of Lego Star Wars. I don't know. <laughs> nice. I've just started digging in on that after platinuming yeah, uh, Forbidden West. Here. So that's nice. good times. Yeah. So you actually have time to read all these books, right? Yeah, I, I do. But also um, I have this thing where I listen to audiobooks at uh, 3.3 times speed because. Oh, three, three. That's a big I, one. I just have a lot to do. And there are a lot of books, you know, you just got to yeah. get through them. Yep, I'm on the I'm same. Two point five. I'm not quite I'm up on the same hollow page as you, Meg. <laughs> I I listened to Shadow of the Sith. I think mm. the day it came out, and I just I had to know, you know, these certain truths about Luke Skywalker and Lando. Mm. These are my favorite. These are some of my favorite characters of all time, and it's just I had to know, and I I didn't rush out to get the physical. I listened to it, but what a wonderful audiobook! Like just the 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 voice work. It's yeah. amazing and, the, and just incredible sound design throughout. I, I thought it was a really, of all the audiobooks I've listened to, the Star Wars ones, I thought this was really a standout uh, book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Star Wars audiobooks are just on a different level. Um, yeah. And I'm really loving with the Essential Legends collection books that they're releasing, they're also doing new audiobook recordings for a lot of them. Oh, really? And yeah, so I'm listening to um, Darth Maul Shadowhunter right now, which is they're releasing the new version on Tuesday. And Sam Witwer is narrating it. So, wow. you know, Maul yeah. is narrating Maul. It yeah. is so good. And that's all I'm going to say about it. Wow. That, wow. I mean, who better? Who better to do exactly. Maul's voice than exactly. Sam Witwer himself? Obviously, yeah. the, the voice actor for Maul in the animated series and Solo. In Solo, mm -hmm. I think they even dubbed over Sam Witwer. Yeah. 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 Uh, instead of using Ray Park, which was, he's just, I, he is Maul now. It's just they're one and the same. It's, it's so true. He's so talented. Um, I'm really enjoying those essential legends collections. I've been I've been getting them. It's good to know what I'll be getting, what will magically show up on my doorstep on Tuesday because I keep pre-ordering them. <laughs> yeah. And then and then I'm like, wait, why am I suddenly getting charged X amount of dollars? Oh, that's right. I ordered these books. <laughs> but it's so much fun because I, you know, I've I'm I've talked to the other the other host about this, but I'm I'm finishing up my my 20 year quest of reading the old EU mm -hmm. in in universe chronological order. Oh my! God. Um, and I'm already up to I'm up to 
I'm up to uh, no Legacy of the Force. So I'm like, I'm oh, almost there. Oh, I'm so you're close. Almost there. <laughs> I'm so close. Uh, book one of Legacy of Force, which I'm very much enjoying. Um, I already kind of know what happens because, you know, it's hard to not get things spoiled. Yeah. But it's yeah. I don't own any of those books, really. And I got rid of so many of them. It's so nice to build out the collection again with this. Yeah. I just I love the the essential legends. None. So, Meg, I've got a couple of questions for you since you're here. We can't let you mm -hmm. just, you know, add your expertise and not talk about yourself. Um, you're very active on the Twitter, um, which is mm -hmm. nice. I apologize for creeping you on the Twitter, but I had to know more about you. And that <laughs> led me to all of your various titles. Um, but you had a post recently that you you listed your top five favorite books. Um, I saw that. They were Ahsoka, Rebel Rising, The Return of the Sith novelization, which was that was the book that got me into reading Star Wars books. Uh, Kenobi, uh, which I assume is the John Jackson Miller Kenobi. Mm -hmm and uh phasma mm -hmm. so uh what are the types of things that get you way into a star wars book like what makes one better than another for you i'm very into origin stories which is one reason why phasma is great because yeah. it because she didn't get a ton of screen time which is fine um you just get to know more about like not really about her but really where she came from and kind of how yeah. she got to where um we see her in the sequel trilogy um but for me like what really makes like a Star Wars book like draw me in is it for me, it has to be really character focused, but also along with that it really has to kind of bring in like a couple different larger themes that are Star Wars and kind of build that character up. I'm thinking of Ahsoka when I'm talking about this right now. So, <laughs> okay, because it takes well, it takes place after, um, you know, a year after uh, the Clone Wars end. Um, Order 66. And yeah. it's the whole book is about her, like, kind of Kenobi wise, like trying to not be a Jedi, as in like trying not to help people or get involved. And of course, she yeah. can't help it because she's Ahsoka. Um, and so it's about her, like, trying to figure out, like, how can I use what I was supposed to have taken away from being a Jedi in this new world that I don't understand. Um, and I just love that. I love, like, characters in star wars trying to figure out who they are and um what their place in the galaxy is because especially with these stories that we're getting now after order 66 when everything is different when a jedi can't be a jedi you know what who, who, are, who are they supposed to be where are they supposed to go what are they supposed to do and so a lot of these like um the kenobi show or um you know the bad batch is everyone trying to figure out like what does mm. being alive mean now and that, i just mm. love stories like that you know <laughs> Okay. I also feel like, I don't know, we can all re relate to that currently. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's now I see the through. There is definitely a through line between all those. Rebel mm -hmm. Rising, definitely. Uh, mm -hmm. Jin or so. And like, mm -hmm. and that, that's a dark book. That's the darkest yeah. sort of like Star Wars book I, I think there is. I just reread it recently um, because I, I had known for a long time, like I remembered when I read it the first time, oh, I love this book, but I didn't remember like all the details. And I didn't remember like the terrible thing that happens to her toward the end that kind of yeah. drags her all the way down to the place where we see her yeah. in Rogue One. And I was like, I'm sad all over again. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's like, but you have to bring her to that place because that's where she is when we see yeah. her again, you know, but man, like <laughs> it's just, it hurts. Um, and then yes. the uh, Revenge of the Sith novelization is just... Um, something unlike anything there is in star wars books and you can't like not find something about it that you love because it's not 
it is very different from all the other novelizations as well, where yeah. it's the same story, but it's also almost not at the same time. It's almost like a retelling of it, yeah. which I love. But Revenge of the Sith is also my favorite Star Wars movie. So okay. it's just kind awesome. of like it's it's combined a lot of things. And just like the way yeah. it's written, we're never going to get another another novelization like that. Mm-hmm. So it's just something very special. Yeah, you know, I want to echo that. It's it is it, it's unlike any. I mean, yeah. I as a kid, as a kid of the '80s, I read so many novelizations of, of movies because mm-hmm. like that's, that's that's what we did back yeah. then. Like we couldn't watch a movie every time you wanted to. You just read the novelization. Uh, I remember I read Batman Forever before Batman Forever came out in theaters. Um, that was not fun. Uh, but then the <laughs> yeah, the, the Revenge of the Sith novelization is amazing. And what's interesting is I feel like so many of the new canon authors cite it so often yeah. in, in a lot of their stuff. And, and I think, um, you know, the last book uh, we just read, which I'm blanking on the name of it. Someone help me out. Brotherhood. Uh, Brotherhood. Uh, Brotherhood. Yeah, yeah. Brotherhood. That it played such a huge role in yeah. that book. Just that, that sun dragon legend, mm-hmm. I think it's called, but I, yeah, that, that novelization is amazing. And I will like out myself here to you a little bit revenge of the sith is a little lower on my scale of of star wars movies what i'll say though is like what i always like to mention that is like if you then readjust that scale by putting other movies it's very high on my list because it's a star wars movie so i still love it <laughs> but it's a little lower but i it 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 just exactly it's just such a almost reimagining or retelling of it that i think every time i read that novel it makes that the movie jump up several places if i were to put, put it on a list it's so yeah. good yeah yeah and uh, Revenge of the Sith was the first Star Wars movie I saw in a theater when it came out. So, like, mm-hmm. it, it kind of just it's, it has that added layer of, like, it's special to yeah. me because I remember yeah. being in the theater seeing it with my family. Um, yeah. So that's kind of why it's that it has that top spot for me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, cool, there's always... a lot of last minute sort of revisions to that that script, too. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the opera scene. Right. I mean, George kind of like he that opera scene was much longer and there was a lot more revealed there that is not in the film that I think in Matt Stover's book I think there's a little more there it's a little more to parse more inner inner dialogue and things like that like ugh, it's, it's so in that movie so transformative for so many characters that to get a book of, on it is it's I mean there's a lot of gold there, a lot of mining to do in there yeah I just so. needed the book to like help digest that movie and it's lower for me just because of the way it makes me feel it's like there's only so many times you can watch this track or I can watch this tragedy yeah. unfold yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, and, it, and it did a really good job of that it really filled in a lot of the gaps and you you get a lot of first person point of views and huh. uh, emotions and then I think it was Lord of the Sith was the sequel to that right not Lords of the Sith it was Dark Lord of the Sith yes. it was it yeah. was another or labyrinth of evil. No, it was a it was a first person um, Darth Vader book. No, yeah, Dark Lord of the Sith, where there, which, yeah. it's Pelps and. Vader no, that's the Milo? canon book. That's okay. the that's like that can't happen much later. But I think they I think there was so uh, that novelization was so popular they wanted uh, mm-hmm. more. Yeah, I, I I like that book because there's a lot of it that's like Vader describing what it's like to be in the suit because it's so yeah, new yeah. to him and it's like awful. Um, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, it, it sounds like, yeah, like hell. It's not yeah. great. Um, super. Um, so one thing we're super jealous of, um, we haven't had too many interviews with authors um, or writers, but you've um, interviewed a ton. Um, and I just listened to your interview with Roseanne A. Brown, um, and she is seems lovely. Yes. Um, so was 
is there anything surprising that you get out of your experiences with these authors? And um, what do you learn from them that you can apply to your own craft? It's a good reminder that most, if not all, of the people writing official Star Wars right now started out as Star Wars fans. Um, you know, you're you're at like everyone who's at that level of writing now either grew either grew up with Star Wars or like they saw it later and it just has impacted them in a way to that got them to this point of writing it. And it kind of like really helps you like relate to them in a way because we're all fans. We all like some part of Star Wars enough to do a lot with it in our free time. And um like just sitting sitting and listening to these authors talk about like not just what Star Wars means to them, but what they want to give back to the fandom when they're writing these stories is like it's both inspiring and like fascinating at the same time. Um, I I spoke with um, the Luminous Five at uh, Celebration, and there was something about being in a room with them and watching them interact with each other that was really like um, it really made me think about how special the High Republic is because of how tightly woven all of these stories are together yeah because these authors are so close and work so closely together to make sure this story this overarching story is as um tied together and cohesive as it is um and, and watching them interact is just great because they they are genuinely having the time of their lives and like you can't fake that um yeah. it's just it, it's great and I, I love just um you know i i love writing myself and i love stories and so i love getting to talk to people about like that whole process. Um, it just, it fills me with joy. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Um, how awesome is the high Republic by the way? <laughs> yeah. So good. It's so it good. Really I love that yeah. whole team so much. Yeah. Um, and I know like, you know, there's a place, you know, the novels are so important to star Wars fandom and star Wars lore and everything. Um, but I still, you know, I love watching things in animated and live action series and feature films. And I look at Claudia Gray and I look at Kevin Scott and Charles Sewell and I'm like, they could write a real good um, film sometime. Yeah. Um, I mean, everything they touch, I've just, you know, when I read their words, I'm just in the in the characters and mm -hmm. um, they're just so good. I think the my favorite part of just the High Republic existing is watching people discover Star Wars through the High Republic books. Um, oh. I never really like thought of books as like an actual jumping on point for people who have never really experienced like Star Wars before. But there are fans who hear of these books and they read them and they're like, this is Star Wars. I, I've never really mm. watched any of this before. And then they're watching the movies and then they're watching the shows. And all of a sudden they're just as intertwined in as we are because they heard about this book called the high republic that they wanted to read um never having really known what star wars was or what it meant and like for a book or a book series to be that powerful to bring people who never really were interested in star wars before that completely immersed into the fandom how like how must it feel to have to be right. responsible for that like that is so cool mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's it's fascinating. I never even thought about the fact that like that could be someone's first Star Wars. Yeah. And it totally could because I, I love those series. I love an interconnected universe. I love that, that. I just love the characters and everything's building up and the fact that there's some breathing room. So 
uh, I mean, we spoiled on, on the podcast earlier, but if you haven't finished phase one, you know, things can happen that can't happen in a mm-hmm. canon within the, you know, sequel, prequel, original trilogy timeline. And I just, you know, watching that, we we talked about, I mean, I remember when that first was announced and they had some of those pictures of the whiteboards of them yeah. just breaking it down. <laughs> and we just, I think we spent an entire episode just looking at that whiteboard and trying to figure <laughs> out what that meant. And just how often I said, if and hearing them, seeing them on interviews together and, and you know, watching their, like reading the acknowledgements to each other at the end of the yeah. books, I'm like, if I yeah. could be a fly on the wall of just them breaking story, it would be so entertaining and amazing, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, Everyone wants to be in that group chat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, that Slack is probably on fire. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but Light of the Jedi, just again, to your point, Meg, like Light of the Jedi is a great entry point for mm-hmm. a new Star Wars fan. Yeah. yeah. The Avar-centric stuff, uh, how beautifully written her dialogue is, just yeah. the inner thoughts between, you know, her and Elzar and, you know, uh, it just it's so cool like i just love the the dialogue i love the relationship between all the characters i everything is so well constructed and and well thought out in those books and it's nice that they all work together like you said like it's like this collaborative process and it's it's so cool that they these writers have started it and they're continuing to write all these books and it's it's just so cool the collaborative process is so interesting to watch yeah it is right on well, um, one thing I don't want to miss out on, um, you, you know, we, this is a place for escapism when we do that, but we also get dragged into um, United States politics quite often because we want people to know where we stand. Um, and, you know, you have been very active in helping defend women's rights, um, which I was very impressed with, um, particularly with uh, what choice, which I believe has already raised forty-seven thousand mm. dollars, um, and closing in on your fifty thousand dollar goal, um, do you want to tell us about that cause and uh, where to donate, um, and what that means to you? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I was I was just kind of um, doing things around the house when, um, um, you know, I pretty much heard, I think, I think I heard about it on Twitter, which is ridiculous, um, you know, about, um, abortion rights and everything that was happening, um, and all the decisions that were being made. Um, and I am not very good at being angry and sitting still when I am upset about something, I really feel like I need to do something about it. And, you know, most of the time you can't, um, there's, there's only so much you can be in control of in, in the world. Um, but, um, you know, I, uh, I have, I have a friend and fellow podcaster, um, who's very into activism, um, in the real world. She just goes off and does things, um, in real life. And I kind of messaged her and I was like, I, I want to do some kind of abortion rights fundraiser. And I want to involve the fandom because I know a lot of us are upset about this and want to do something, but I don't know how to start and I don't know what to do. Can you help me? Um, <laughs> And she was kind of like, I also am angry. Let's do this. Um, and so we kind of brought a lot of um, a lot of fans together, a lot of uh, fellow podcasters together to kind of uh, figure out what we wanted to do and how to uh, put something together where we could kind of feel like we were helping. Um, because what really doesn't feel good in life is um, having other people make decisions that affect you that you uh, didn't weren't asked about. 
Um, and even if you voiced your concerns and weren't listened to, um, you're still affected and you want to do something about that. And if there are a lot of people who feel the same way that you do, um, and people who are hurting and people who are genuinely going to be neg negatively affected by these decisions that they um, can't do anything about, you want to try, right? So um, we put together uh, What Choice because, um, you know, Jen Arso and her speech about, um, you know, there is really no choice when you have to fight against something because if you don't do anything, um, then nothing's going to change. There will be no positive um, outcome if you just let let the terrible things keep happening and don't try to do something. And um, so we got a group of us together and um, kind of made sure that um, we put this together where we could include everyone, you know, get the, get the language right, because it's not, it, it women are severely affected by, um, you know, losing access to abortion rights and healthcare essentially. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not just women, it's people with uteruses. Right. And so like you want to have, um, you want to make sure that you involve as many people as you can, because there are people who are going to come up and say like, hey, like, can we phrase this this way so we're not leaving someone out like that? Those kinds of things are important. That's why you that's why I didn't want to do this alone. Right. Um, first of all, it's too much. Second of all, like, um, you know, I'm just one person and I, I have one perspective on the world. And it's important to listen to other people and get other people involved and kind of have different viewpoints on all the things that are going on. And so we put this together and this was a Friday. Um, I think Friday night we had, you know, we had graphics, we had it named, we had the GoFundMe ready and, um, we were like, okay, we're going to launch this Saturday morning and pro probably within the week, we're going to raise $5,000. Um, that's really all we thought we were going to be able to do. And, um, we're almost at our goal of 50,000, um, because there are so many people who listened and so many people who understand that like people are in danger, right? If if um these rights are taken away, then it's not it's not okay. You know, healthcare is a right for everyone. Um, if you are a human being, you deserve um to be well and to not be in more danger than um you have to be. So um, you know, we did it through a Star Wars lens because we all are here, you know, experiencing these stories and talking about them. Um but it's so important to, as a Star Wars fan, look at the real world through that lens and kind of take what, take these messages from Star Wars and kind of apply that to like real things. Um, yeah. You know, escapism, as you said, very important. We all need to escape into our fictional universes sometimes. Um, but sometimes we can also use these stories to uh, make the world better. And so that's what we really are trying to do. And um, yeah, so we do have a GoFundMe. Um, uh, there's a link to that on my Twitter and you can probably put it, um, in the show description or, uh, whatever you want. But, um, yeah, so that will be up, I think, um, for a little bit longer, we're going to see if we can get to that goal and then it's going to, um, you know, go to a place where it will actually help people. Um, so yeah, it's really important to, if you really feel strongly about things and you want to make the world a better place, like you can do that. You really just have to find, people who are with you and who are going to help you um, because one person can't do anything. You know, it's, it's all of us. So yeah, that was a lot. No, it's perfect. <laughs> Super inspiring. And I yes. love that you did it through a star Wars lens. I mean, right now it's like the toxicity in Star Wars fandom is like, what's getting all the press, but it's like, I, I'm, 
I don't know if it happened to you, but for me, I mean, the diversity, the inclusion, this is what attracted me to Star Wars. This is mm -hmm. what, you know, pulled me out of yep. my little New Hampshire town and was like, there's beautiful, amazing things out there in the world, not just in the galaxy far, far away, but outside of just my little town. And um, I love that this is a story of positivity, of an ensemble cast of superheroes of that got together and for the right cause and stood up just like Jin or Dinnersu yeah, would have done. It, it's it's fitting to use these Star Wars lens because there's so many uh, lessons shared in those stories about mm -hmm. resisting authoritative control and, and just, you know, the Empire and all this kind of stuff. It's like you're standing up with the ideals that are in these films. And I think so many people can be galvanized to that. I think that's a that's powerful. And I think it's I think it's a, it's fitting for, for, the, yeah. for what's going on. Yeah, there, so there I, has I to be. A, for that. Yeah, there has to be a balance. Like, of course, all of us need to get away from things and to be able to just watch a star Wars movie and, you know, be happy because it's star Wars, but like you do have to come back to the real world at some point. And when you do that, like, why not bring star Wars with you? That's like kind of how I try to just live every day is like, I I'm in star Wars so much. Like there's so many things you can take away from it and like apply to your daily life and just be a better person. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And I, I swear I didn't have this plan. I, I don't want to embarrass you, but I was reading through your medium and the and the, the current article on your medium is I just have pulled up. So I got the title right. The Star Wars fandom is a valid place for activism. Actually, I love by the way, I love the actually at the end. Um, and, and like you for for any of our listeners, you should a all go read it. And, and B, it is it, it had me pumping my fist while I was reading it. Like, it's just it is it, it is so true. And I get so mad when people are just like, keep politics out of Star Wars. I'm like, Star Wars is inherently political. Like, it yeah. it, it is like it's been yes. since 1977. And yeah. if you think it's not, you're probably it's probably because you're on the wrong side of it. Yeah. Like, uh, I think I mentioned it in there, like Force for Change started mm -hmm. was started by fans like way yeah. back then, like yeah, because yeah. of Star Wars, because of the things that were in it and they were learning from there. Like we want to do something. And so they did it and it's still around. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think I teach, um, I teach ethics, um, on my day job and, and, you know, I teach the very philosophical, we do this, we do that. These are, you know, if you want to take a utilitarian or take a yada, 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 yada. But I, I often in my personal philosophy often think about Jedi's, right? Like I often mm -hmm. think about that and, and reading the old EU and reading kind of now legacy of the force, the debate of the Jedi about what path to take, you know, I just think it is it is good to stop and think and think about, you know, what, you know, make those hard decisions and think about it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, truly inspirational. Thank you so much for doing that. Open my eyes. We've um, got it on all of our social feeds. I will pin the link to this episode. Um, so if you're listening and uh, want to donate, which you definitely should um, go ahead and um, join this this great cause. Um, with these great people. So with that, why don't we get into our book, Shadow of the Sith? All right, welcome back, everyone. We are talking about Shadow of the Sith. Um, why don't we talk about kind of first impressions? What do we all think? Any any kind of anyone jump in with their overarching thoughts? Grant? O overarching? 
I thought this was a beautifully crafted exploration of the growing Sith presence in the galaxy and how it's affecting both our heroes, servants of the dark side, and those who have found a way to escape the shadowy threat. I, I thought that's kind of an overarching uh, summation of, of my thoughts about it and, and the story itself. And I, I adore this book. I think Adam Christopher is a very, very talented writer. I hope he writes more books after this. Uh, it's just beautiful, organic threads to all the sequel films and tying the original trilogy to the sequels in such a such a, a kind of like effortless but also like perfectly tuned way. I I, I thought it was very, very nuanced and very uh, interesting. I thought it was very compelling in every way. Uh, I loved the I loved how many characters were uh, in play in this book. Like it, it feels like it could have just been a Luke and Lando, you know, adventure, but we get so much insight into, you know, um, Dathan, Dathan and Miramir, like, uh, turns out, you know, Ray's parents are in this book and we get a lot, you know, we get a lot of information mm -hmm. on Dathan and, and, and Miramir and, and a little bit on Ray and that whole, that family, uh, and their struggles. And, uh, and then we dive into Ochi, we dive into a fun new villain, uh, Kaiza, we dive into, you know, some members of the first order or that we've, you know, in, in rise of Skywalker, Final order, Pride. Yeah. like we, we, mm -hmm. we get a lot of characters that I, I didn't think we, we would get given that Luke and Lando just obviously would take up so much real estate in the story, but they don't, they don't, it's restrained. Mm -hmm. it, it's not the Luke and Lando show. It's, it's a, yeah. it's, it's really framing the galaxy. And again, framing this sort of Sith presence that's growing and, and the darkness that's calling from, the unknown regions. I thought I thought Adam Christopher just knocked it out of the park. Meg, I'm sure you've how many times have you reviewed this book at this point? We're like three weeks from the or a, a, at least a full month from its release date. I'm sure you have some thoughts. I love this book. Um, we're at a point in like Star Wars canon storytelling now where there's so much to pull from that he'll just make little references to like other stories. And you're like, oh, I know what that's from. Um, yeah. That's very exciting to me because, you know, there was like in the earlier books, they were really building everything out. And of course, still drawing from legends as they always do. Um, and, you know, other movies and things like that. But like in terms of like other books, there really wasn't as much to pull from. But now you can get like references to like multiple books throughout a book because there's just so much that all ties together. Um, um, I love the Revan reference. That was great. <laughs> yeah, Revan um, Cannon confirmed. Yeah, he's yeah. back. Right. Um, and a no, bunch really... of new names whispered yeah. in that in in the mm -hmm. the underground of Exegol. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, Noctis and Saw and all these other. This, yeah, names. yeah. I hope they like explore those more because I need to know like who all these people are. Um, it's like Chekhov Sith, right? Like you can't you yeah, name it in this book name. without following up noctis we got a lot of noctis in this and exactly um <laughs> you know i i i'm really liking the books that we have in this time period between um yeah you know like post return of the jedi to like force awakens like there's not a ton um but the more we get like the more i'm excited to rewatch the sequel trilogy like i've never watched uh seven eight nine like all together like it's always <laughs> just been separate um so like I like after this book, I think what it meant most to me is that like this book really made me want to watch like revisit those stories again, which I haven't for a while just because there's just so much Star Wars happening. So much, um, yeah. 
but reading this book kind of felt like very legendy to me in terms of like just like because like some of the first books I read were like Heir to the Empire, which was just like kind of in the same time period ish. Whereas like it's after Return of the Jedi and there's new things, um, but sort of familiar characters. It felt to me a lot like that in the sense that like um there like even with all of the threads that we already had, like there were certain points he had to hit, there were certain characters he had to include, but there was so much new lore added to mm-hmm. the entire universe. Like mm-hmm. that amazes me that like there's so much Star Wars and you can still add so much more um in all the planets and things like that. It's um it's it was such a long book, but all of it was so good. <laughs> like it it like I it took me a while to get through it. Um but it was so good. Yeah. Even at yeah, three point. I want to echo the, the legend sentiment because, like, it, it just like it takes big swings. Like, it's not afraid yeah. of kind of out there concepts, like you know, curved lightsabers and and kyber droids and like yeah, you know, yeah. ring wraiths <laughs> and circling Luke. <laughs> like, it was just out there, and I was like, yeah. thank you, thank you. Yeah. Like, I need. Yeah. I like. I like those kind of big swings. I want to build off that too, uh, but I'll give you a second, uh, your second uh, minute. But I want to, I want to build off that because I'm a maniac, and I was reading three books at once. <laughs> like I, I, I do that, and so, but, but the crazy thing is, I was reading two Star Wars books at once. So I was oh, reading no. this book, and and then yeah, and then I was also going to Legacies of the Force, which also takes place pretty much in the same time frame, mm-hmm. and it felt this felt so much like a Legends book that I had to keep yeah. going in my head. Wait, no, 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 <laughs> that happened in this book. Yeah, that happened in that yeah, book. Yeah. Like it, it was really. I actually had to put down the the Legends book for to finish this off because I was actively the next day after waking up to reading in bed, getting confused about like, okay, five percent from that book, five percent from that book, five yeah. percent from another book. Wait, what happened in what book? Yeah. Um, that is a blast. Yeah, I wow. I don't know. I I adored this. I'm actually I'm here for y'all's opinion. Um. I know, Grant, I've just been dying to ask you this, so I'm going to go. You have been talking about Force Ghost Anakin yeah, for a long yeah. time, wanting yourself some Force <laughs> Ghost Anakin, and we finally got do it. Wish, do I wish this was, like, maybe in the films themselves? Like, some of the, the passages, we, the chapters we get in this book? Maybe, a slightly, a little bit, but it's also just beautiful in this book, and again, uh, just does such wonderful, it creates this such wonderful foundation for luke's uh um projection across the galaxy i think Mm in last jedi it's this beautiful setup to that and how how that you find out that would kill some that would that would take someone's life to to using their energy to do that Mm -hmm. not given you know help by any ghost beyond you know the uh, uh the physical plane and uh and i feel like that was what that was really really smart it was really smart to do that it was really good usage of anakin's ghost and so Mm -hmm. You know, I, I always thought maybe Anakin would want to speak to Kylo, given it's almost like a mirror of his life. It's like almost the, the similar fall. And um, but but this this moment with Luke was perfect. And yeah, I just think I just think that uh, Adam Christopher really did some soul searching and figuring out where Anakin should appear, how he should appear, and then how that can be used to elegantly set up big story device later in the sequel trilogy and i think he did that expertly and so i just i think that's that's so cool and uh yeah there's some great lines in there too like where nanakin's like no matter how dark you know no matter how how dark the night the night grows however dark it gets at night or whatever it's like there you're never alone like there's just great lines in there that i just Mm -hmm. loved from anakin and i was like that's perfect for that character you know Yeah. yeah 
Um, yeah, just a really good usage of, of Anakin's ghost in this, I thought. And uh, that whole scene was just super enthralling. Super. It cool. was. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe I was reading it. That's that's one of the ones, by the way, that I got confused with Legends versus this because it was like that didn't happen in a canon, new canon Star Wars book, right? Like, it was kind of like Weathertop in yeah. Fellowship. Like, or Yeah, yeah. but yeah. think about that. That's like there was definitely new... nine ring rates there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> definitely yeah. Nazgul. Yeah. It's like it's like a new can't see. This is why Ben and Grant are going to have their Lord of the Rings podcast that I will chuckle along to and be like, yeah, I know the reference. Uh, so anyway, um, but the the. The fact that this is, is this the first, I don't want to say this as a, I don't know. Is this the first we've gotten Force Ghost Anakin in new canon? Yeah, I think so. I yes. think so. Okay. I don't want to like. Unless there's like a comic that I'm not aware right. of. Oh, um, I don't no. think, I'm very behind on the comics, so there could be like something, but also maybe, so many maybe not. <laughs> yeah, I know, like I keep, I keep saying I'm going to catch up on the comics. Yeah. I don't think that's ever going to happen. It's I am, we are pretty current with the comics. I've read them yeah. all, but there's so many that it could have happened and I've forgotten. <laughs> there's great. a lot that's of fire awesome. things going on. So you can maybe yeah. help us settle this debate, Meg. We, we, I think we read, it was, was Kieran Gillian that's like, I really wish people that were reviewing comics would read the whole arcs before they reviewed them and we were like hmm because we were kind of just piecemealing and doing yeah, like uh, issue to issue. That came out issue to mm -hmm. issue and we're like that's a good idea and so that's what we've started doing um but so and there's i just keep seeing all these whispers online of all these amazing things happening in comics and i'm like oh, i want to well, read it now well, ben you could do what grant and i do which is read i read twice. them as they come out and then i read them again before we cover them <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. It's just like I have this thing and I sit and I give myself two hours and I read a full arc and I have my chair and it's like my favorite. It's just one of my favorite things. And I read it fresh for the first time. And that's I don't know. That's how I do it now. But um, I don't know, I forget where I'm going with it. But I don't I don't think that we saw uh, Force Ghost Anakin so. speaking. We saw some weird Darth Vader like force projections mm -hmm. and things like that and some weird mom and stuff. But um, yeah. oh, we got a we got a mom and alert in this one, too. Yeah. Uh, Darth oh, yeah. We pronounce it Mammon. It might be Momin, but um, prefer Mammon. I think I've I forced mean, I've forced the Mammon pronunciation. I think. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a huge sort of Mammon concept in this book, where it's yes. another mm -hmm. mess, yeah. another corrupting yeah. artifact. Yeah, it's, it's and multiple corrupting artifacts in parallel storylines. <laughs> it's great. This book is awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. it's so. Much, if you want to sink your teeth into some fun dark side lore, like this is the book. Yes, like, which okay, I do. Really I love me some lore. That was the part I was gonna bring up was um, Lando, and also it's hilarious. He's like, yeah, like Darth Mammon's mess. Yeah, and Luke is like, yeah, whatever, guy. Like. He's like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's exactly the same. Like the Luke, Luke, he's like, no, 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 no. It's it's just like Darth Maumon. Um, But I think Lando is just written so beautifully. He's such a compelling char character, mm -hmm. and it's in every book. Like it, Last Shot was like we love yeah. Last Shot. Last Shot is yeah. up there with top favorite books of all time. Yeah. Book is yeah. so. But so every good. time they hit Lando, and especially, I love how this sort of enhanced and really showed how important. Um, Lando was to um, uh, Rise of Skywalker um, and just like his his yeah his place in that movie and his place in the cosmos he's just like he's just so great um, mm -hmm. and beautifully written and compelling and this this story about like losing his daughter is heartbreaking but I mean it really develops the character more in an interesting way um, and I know he's just so great and just so yeah, it just there was like one passage that I just like kind of feel like I have to bust out. I don't know. 
that it was just like I was like, oh, that is like the most poetic thing I've ever read. It's like, all right, place a bet, win or lose a fortune. Sabak, Cristello, even Pontanese supercon tables could be found running in some of the darker corners of the establishment where life forms from a hundred different planets sat. Eyes, human, compound, electronic, glittering along with their drinks as hushed business and pleasure went on through the infinite night. So obviously that's Adam Christopher, but it's also through um, Lando. And I was just like, oh, take my breath away. And I mean, he had a lot of practice writing Calrissian Chronicles. Um, Lando did, but um, he's a poet. And I don't know. I just I just loved him in this book. Mm -hmm. I just want to give a shout out again to like the new characters in this book, like Komat and Kaiza. I thought were mm-hmm. such cool characters. And yeah. Um, yeah, I just, and I've always wanted a, uh, a female dark side villain of some kind. And right. I thought we finally got that in Kaiza. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would love to see, you know, without an XM Panchard, like just a Abeleth esque, you know, uh, Darth Vader for, you know, female, Dark Empress, Sider at some yeah. point. I would love to get that, but you Kaiza is so cool. What a fun new villain character. And then Komat's whole arc of being part of the Acolytes of the Beyond and um Luke sort of giving her a change of heart and then uh just how vital she is to the story at the end. Like it, it was I really love Komat and I really love Kaiza as characters. Um and that's that's again, we're talking about all these characters and we haven't talked about Dathomir, uh Dathan and Miramir yet, which are their I mean, they're pretty consequential when you think about it. It's like we, we haven't even mentioned them, but they're yeah. like, yeah, they're new characters. We know nothing about them when we see Rise of Skywalker and we finally get the history in this book. And it's yeah. like, it's mind blowing. Like it's mind blowing that Dathan is on Exegol for as long as he is surviving in these vaults. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's, it's spooky. Those chapters are spooky and uh, yeah. they're really dark. How is he not broken? Like, how yeah. is Nathan, like, at all a functional What adult? is he eating on Exegol? Like, <laughs> like, There's still an untold story there, right? Like, I feel like that's that's <laughs> so ripe for another novel. It's just Nathan's story and, and Mirror Mirror's story. I just, I want to I wanna come back to the Acolytes of Beyond because we haven't seen them mm-hmm. for a while in New Canon, but um, I just, reading this book and the second I realized that oh, we're going to tell, like, we're going to tell their death. Right. Like we're going to we're going to lead up to and this is, you know, somewhat spoiler free because you can kind of figure it out based on timeline like this. But I remember seeing that. I'm like, oh, man, we're going to get to that scene of like Ray being left behind. Mm-hmm. And like and I'm like, I don't I, I don't think I have it in me. I don't, I don't think I have it in me to read 450 pages for this depressing story. Like I was really like not. I, I kept feeling it? like. From like that, Lando's point of view, is, is are we in Lando's point of view when that Ray moment happens? When she no, Mirror Mirror's point of view. Yeah, and it, and it cuts to uh, a writing of the scene that we see in the flashback, yes. right? And and but I just I but it was so bittersweet that when it was done, when it all happened, I was as okay with it as you possibly could be. And I think mm-hmm. you know, I, I just a shout out to the author again that, that like. To know that's coming and write it in a way that somehow feels almost like a triumph in a weird way. Does that make sense? Where I just read yeah. that and I was like, oh, I'm I'm weirdly at peace with this, with this happening. Yeah. 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 It's uh as dark as it is, it's a victory that that Ray is yeah. outside, outside, you know, yeah. ocean reach. It's pretty and good. yeah, a nice punctuation mark with the uh coolant fueled um psychosis that uh Ochi of Bastoon experiences on uh, yeah. 
Kasana, um, which is like, was it the coolant he was drinking or was it, um, you know, something more uh, tied to the force that drew him out into that uh, sink field? But uh, that was, yeah, it was poetic and beautiful and, and a good time. I think it's, it takes a lot of skill as a writer to have the end point and you yeah. know where so many of these characters end up by the end of the story. Right. But to make all the lead up to that so meaningful and so powerful anyway, like mm. even starting this book and basically knowing the ending, it doesn't matter. Mm. Like everything no. that everything you have to go through to get there is a thousand times worth it. And I think it takes a lot to figure out how to do that. And, I, you know, I don't know how many outlines he had to do, how many parts he had to rewrite, how he figured all this out. He had help, you know, the everyone yeah. works together it's all a collaborative thing um but to get there and to do it so as beautifully as he did it's amazing that's one of the reasons i love this book is because just the writing itself is yeah. amazing mm -hmm. yeah it's really and it doesn't always cater to the films like i i thought the mask that kaiser was wearing i thought that was gonna be tied to helpatine in a deeper way but it it's its own story and I thought that was really smart. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, great. It doesn't all have to tie into the films. The galaxy is so big that there's a lots of stories intersecting with the saga films. It's not that the saga right. films have to dominate the, the storytelling landscape. And I thought that right. was a really fun decision, a really smart decision. And uh, yeah, just yeah. So, so many cool concepts in this book that mm -hmm. I'm in love with. I always think about the guardrails that are set up for these authors, creators, writers. And, you know, whether it's, you know, he, everyone mentions Hidalgo, like he's obviously involved in that, but like where it comes from. And it, it feels like in a lot of ways, he had a lot of latitude to write. I mean, he pretty much wrote um, Dathan's whole life story, yeah. you know, in this thing, which is crazy to me that they let him talk about that. There was a lot of Exegol stuff. Um, the whole, you know, this whole story with Luke and Lando seems like fertile ground that they'd want to sort of, you know, keep to themselves some Laura Santeca stuff. Obviously one, there was a pretty big guardrail around Palpatine and what he was experiencing at this. Yeah, I, yeah. What did you all think about that? That's, that might be my only kind of like critique of this book and the sequels as a whole is like Luke Skywalker and Palpatine are like ships passing in the night. Yet there's so much meaty conflict there that we like, we, that I feel like is a, is available to anyone who wants to explore that. But, you know, it's it's also, again, it's the size of the galaxy. The galaxy might feel small if it's just Palpatine v, you know, Luke or, or yeah. you know, whatever it is. It's it's yeah. so it's nice to explore other angles. And I think that's that's interesting. But again, yeah, I thought Palpatine would get a lot more real estate in this book, but not a lot. Not a lot of Palpatine, honestly. Did or, we get no, any? Yeah, like any. No Palpatine, basically. It's like was he was he in that like Exegol fever dream when Luke was well, for Skyping? To Exegol? Was I have questions for you. I don't know if we're the questions part of it yet, but I have lots of questions I'd like to just, you know, put out there. Yeah, we're there. We're there, Grant. Sure, the go for it. Yeah. Oh, dope. Um, I guess just like, why is Exegol a hub of rebirth? Do does it, do people know about the cloning operation there? Has it all? Has there always been dark science and cloning operations there? Why is it a hub yes. of rebirth? I'm confused about that. Like, is there just a sense that cloning is going on there? And so this ancient Sith Lord is like, I sense someone's trying to be reborn. I would like to go there and be reborn. You know, like I, that was a little confusing to me. And then the Kyber shards, does Exegol have a like 
a, 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 a kyber heart, the planet itself? It, it, is it, yes. is it red? Yeah. And we saw it in the Vader Wait, comic. I, I know. I was going to say, I, I can answer that. I'm not going to talk about that. The answer is yes, yes, maybe yes, yes. No, I don't think. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if those are like shavings of that giant crystal that Palpatine has in the Vader comics. Um, I feel like it's alluding to something else. Maybe that there's a red that planet has a like. We have never seen a planet that has a red Kyber heart. That is, I don't think that's been that concept's been yeah. done yet, right? Meg, you've right, got a look on your cool. face like you know the answer to all those questions. Do you know anything? I, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I'm just. I'm. I'm wondering. These are just silently. questions. I don't have answers. I, I'm just. I, I have all right. for all of you. So I have my own it's head cannon slash. It also comes from fact. So I'm sure you all remember. It was uh, Tales of the Sith. I think that came out, and there was like a bunch of short stories for children about. They were like you know like you know they also had a Tales of the Jedi as well that came out around the same time, but it was a short book for young readers. But the last one was about Exegol. And it was like some of the first people that started doing um, life extension processes on that planet. And I mean, this book really, to me, makes it sound like this is the birthplace. This is the homeworld of the Sith. Like if, right. this is the geographic epicenter of where the Sith come from and where they party and where they make new Sith. Um, and it's the place to be, the font of their power. And so I do think that is a red crystal that is organically formed in the center of this planet, um, which we see in the comics. And it's amazing because it brings Vader to his knees. And it's just like, there's just something about that crystal. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's used as kind of a homing beacon and um, the Viceroy was going to use it to find his way back. But I think from way, way back, this started, you know, they started doing life extension things. Be, um, oh, there it is. Adam's holding up the book now. Um, there. Keep talking. And then I think it's just this legacy. And it, I mean, we obviously knew about Darth Plagueis, which isn't technically canon, that book, but he was, you know, obsessed with long life. That I mean, that part mm -hmm. is canon. We know that from um, Revenge of the Sith. And then I think by, you know, the chanting that we hear as they're going down to this endless dungeon under the Exegol Fortress, that there's all these other people. And like Plagueis, I think, was the first name. And then it was Revan. And then Noctis, Saw, Ubiquitous, something, something, meow, meow. And then, um, so I think it, that that insinuates to me that this is they've been trying to do this for a long time and have been successful in some manner or another. Hmm, that's also bad. from Beaumont Kin, we know, <laughs> Darkness, Podcast uh, Dark you. Science, Ancient rituals, something, something. It all makes sense. Trust me. Cloning, dark science. Yeah. yeah. So that's always been happening on Exegol, per that story you just, you just. Uh, yeah. Maybe not always, but for the last. Okay. Yeah. That, I was, that, was my, that was my lingering question after. Right. Yeah. After Seems reading. like ten thousand years plus, probably. Maybe yeah, as long just, as the Sith uh, have been around. Just a cited. It's Star Wars: Dark Legends by George Mann. Is that story you're referring to? Which is the, okay. Which is the, a life immortal. That's the name of the story. Oh, life cool. immortal. Right. I shall check that out. Yeah, I think there's varying degrees of success, and they're keeping it intentionally ambiguous, which I enjoy. Yes. Um, these are there's a lot of questions in Star Wars that I don't want answered, but I want alluded to, and um, <laughs> this is one of those things. But they were very vague with where um, Palpatine is, so I, that just makes me think that they we might see it in something else, mm -hmm. a comic or a you know a video game or a. Maybe a you know live action film. There could be a, there could be a 
Darth Sidious story, you know, standalone, a young Darth Sidious or something. We've talked about that. Might be lurking. Anyways, that's that's my take. I feel like that was it for that was it for my lingering questions. I don't I don't have those any. are some lingering questions, valid yeah. questions. <laughs> yeah, I, we'll I, always, I always hope that like when in these stories, when there is something that they hint at and then back away from that, it's some of it is because they're going to touch on it at some point yeah. or yeah. they could. Like, I, I think a lot of times they like give themselves branches that they might go back to later, even if they don't like it's there just in yeah. case. I mean, there's years and years worth of storytelling ahead of us so like who knows yeah right yeah lucasfilm seems it's like sometimes they seem very tight-fisted and then other times they're like just go for it like i'm surprised with what we see in you know a random kid's book <laughs> i was like wait what yeah you know that's like all this crucial lore and that's why you know we read all the the young adult stuff as well um because you always pick up some cool nugget in there yeah. that adds to the synergy that is um the new Lucasfilm. They're also, I mean, the young adult stuff. So well written. I mean, they're oh, all especially in High Republic. I mean, right. they're just yeah. they're just novels. They're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Justina Ireland's books are just blow me away. And yeah, Daniel Jose Alder and like yeah, I love all those books. Is it Lost Stars, the Star Wars novel yeah. by Claudia Gray? Yeah, that's what I realized that Claudia Gray is my favorite Star Wars novelist right now. Like you and a lot of people, because I I read that I'm like. This is charming. Like I just so <laughs> I so enjoyed that book. It's so um, good. it's really good. She's she's amazing. She's our she's our kind of our, our white whale. Um, but I just I here's a I, I agree. I, I think like I almost want every Star Wars book to answer one question and pose three more, <laughs> right? Like <laughs> I just keep building that universe out, and I feel like this book did a wonderful job of that. Yeah. And I was kind of when it when I when it was first announced, I was so excited to read about this era because it's kind of the lost era right now. Like we have the Mandoverse, which is like five years, five, six, seven years after Return of the Jedi. And then it's just like nothing until The Force Awakens for the most part. And so to have like a canon 450 page book about this time, I was just so excited to, and I don't, it did not disappoint. Um, I have a a tinfoil moment here. Lock in foils in attack position. And this is a little spoilery. We haven't really put up a spoiler wall. Um, so I guess it can go up now. I think we just spoiled um, a good portion of the book. I mean, we, yeah, yeah. we talked vaguely about it, but I mean, like, it's, it's also we'll like, put it we in know the where title. it ends. Yeah. We know where it ends, if it starts where it ends. But like, it's so we don't really know the origin of Kylo Ren's helmet. Mm-hmm. Okay. But see, you're on to something, too, because I was I was like, hold on. <laughs> I love that I could just say that. And I'm like, the oh. author wanted to, like, do the helmet, but like late in the game the story group were like no 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 that's not that's not where kylo's helmet came from or even the face plate of it came from no like, or was it that more was my... because if, i don't know if it was that or more like let's like 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 meg you were saying kind of just like put something out there that they could follow that path if they wanted to but i'm like is this the origin of kylo's is is is, is exim's uh hand shard helmet I, yeah, yeah is that fan shards is that is that like the kylo used that to forge his his helmet those are like the reflective black glass eyes kind of like making you think yeah. that because yeah i got the yeah. same exact thought yeah but again vader yeah. again I, has the, and it's, the glass the opaque glass yeah but it's it's on it's on luke's it's with luke right we know luke has it at the end of the story and it's just sitting there and mm. and so like in four pieces yeah, yeah. maybe and just took it to the uh to the the sith um um Simeon. Out, yeah 
Simeon, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Simeon uh, Smith. Yeah. Uh, metallurgist. Um, that could be. That could be. I didn't. That I. T- I totally missed that. Actually. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if you missed it or but if I'm just Kyber as that. I always do, overreading into it. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> there's Kyber it, in it. It, it. There's like it's faceted with like Kyber crystal eventually. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. It does yeah. get a uh, Kyber I don't crystal. Think, no, I don't, I, they're two very different masks. Uh, or, but are, but but do we know where Kylo got his broken Kyber crystals from for his lightsaber? Nope. Also, I, mean, no. I always assumed it was like he exhumed it hmm. from like Vader. I don't know. Some I always thought everything yep. he had. So was maybe something. he took it out of the helmet and used yeah. it anyway. I think I'm, he did. I think he did when he killed Ren, uh, the other Ren. I think he had a red lightsaber, and I think he might have cannibalized that. That makes sense. Um, if memory serves, but it's been a long time since I read that comic. Yeah, it's a bit, it's been a while for me too. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> a lot went on in that one too. There were yeah, a lot Definitely. of. Kind of like Google so fast. <laughs> That's the fun. We try That's an interesting theory, it. Adam. I like, I like, I had that thought after reading a couple of those descriptions or listening to a couple of those descriptions. I was like, oh, it sounds like Kylo's mask a little bit, but <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like it, it seems like that is an ancient artifact. And yeah. I don't know. Also, Kylo's mask it also seems like looks most, a little polished and new, but I don't know. Yeah. It also seems like most Sith have a helmet. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Right. Totally. There's a lot of helmets going around. Um, all right. Any more? Anyone else want to tie a bow on this? Did I just cut you off, Meg? I mean, I, yeah, I, don't know. I just want to jump to like Dathan's age. I think we put it. I, we talked about it last podcast. Maybe I think it puts sure. him at like, what, 14 BBY or 12 BBY is his mm-hmm. birthday, basically. Oh, my goodness. He is 12 BBY. 12 That's years interesting. That, the, I think, of, yeah. to your point, Meg, that might set up a landscape for more storytelling just because... That's fascinating that the cloning operation goes that far back and their yeah. successful clones are popping out at that point. That's that's kind of interesting and could be another story. And Bad Batch could go there. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they're hinting at more cloning things. So, yeah. Yep. I'm rooting for Biss to make a big comeback. <laughs> I, I need that planet in my life. <laughs> <laughs> didn't they do cloning there in legends isn't that wasn't that the whole like that's the yeah, Luke. That's, uh, that's dark science capital oh, right. before Exegol, no, it's right? the, isn't on, it isn't it back uh thrawn uh cloned uh the sith or the jedi master what's his name shagala shagala something like that I'm like looking at the uh, essential legends book right over there, and I'm like, if I can just grab it fast enough. <laughs> yeah, no, I just it's a cool planet, and it'd be fun to have that come back and yeah. But because uh, at the end of Bad Batch season one, they, I think chief chief scientist Namase, it, it goes to I guess a mil- military installation, mm-hmm. and it looks like a cloning facility of some kind, and okay. I don't think that planet's you don't see the planet, you don't see where it is, and so. Mm-hmm. Big theories, big theories dropping on the pod right now. <laughs> um, okay, anything, any last uh, words on this thing, and then we'll uh, we'll get to a, a game uh, that I'm looking forward to playing. <laughs> I definitely think that Adam Christopher needs to do more books like oh, this. Yes. Like, even yes. if it's you know not in this time period, like he he's such a good writer just overall, but like his Star Wars knowledge that and his ability to just like create new things within the world um 
we need heat he, more of that, please. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I am all for totally. bringing like as many new writers in as possible because that's good for everyone. Um, so, but like repeat authors also a good thing. There, there's plenty yep. of stories to be told. So. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's, there's work there for everyone. There's room enough mm-hmm. for, for all of them. Yeah. And, and I, I get very excited when I see some of my, you know, favorite familiars coming up. And then I think yeah. I get equally excited when it's a new person. Cause I'm like, yes. what do you, what are you going to bring? Like, I'm always so excited. Like, you're going to bring something new. And I think he wrote, um, he was in a certain point of view, right? I think he wrote, I think he wrote in a certain point of view. He wrote yes. Palpatine story or something. Uh, I think we're, no, we're thinking about Mike Chen from the yeah, last okay. one. Yeah, he yeah. did the Palpatine story. He did the- um he's also yeah we mentioned this last time but he's i I would love to see some more from him as well it's like yeah it's sort of like a a measuring device it's like if if you write like a legacy character like luke and do it seamlessly and you feel like Mm -hmm. nope that's definitely luke and lando like which adam christopher i think did beautifully i'm like well then he can do he can do anything he did end of watch in uh Mm. okay there does seem to be like this sort of like feed like feeder system they have where it's like all right do a short story okay here's another story here's a trilogy and like i'm i think that's great i think new young blood like new blood that you know new star wars fans that are super talented writers filter them all the way yeah. through you know feature films like i'd, I'd love to see that mm-hmm. um and, or just keep writing great books um like these because they, they've all been they've all been really great i think yeah mm-hmm. and i think i saw that he was i think he was writing a mandalorian book yeah. and then they oh. canceled that yeah and then he got this book so i'm like at least he got another book but i would yeah. probably be like how far along were you on that book when they were like no yeah <laughs> it, they they were pretty quick when they announced a cancellation to be like don't worry we're still we're still working with them so like i i got the feeling that like when they said that there was already something else in the works Very um good. Yeah. But, but yeah but i was i was glad to hear that like immediately like oh we're not doing this book but like he's awesome so we're still gonna work with him yeah. like yeah. and he's like i've it's... interacted with him a lot on twitter and he just seems great so mm-hmm. nice yeah. the thing i love about adam christopher is i i heard an interview where he was talking about star wars and just genre and he was he said a lot of people view star wars as science fantasy and i view it as science fiction and mm. and he's kind of more on the the hard science aspect mm-hmm. of of storytelling of writing and uh, and it shows in this book like it's yeah. so beautifully yeah. detailed when he talks about the ship or droids or any of the science any of the tech technology around the characters he he's, he does such beautiful descriptive descriptive work for that and I think I I've always argued that that's the secret sauce of Star Wars is that underneath the fairy tale there are some really really high concept science fiction ideas going mm-hmm. on that are just kind of like treated as an element of the fairy tale that I think yeah. it's almost underappreciated, but it's yeah. the secret sauce. And so it's right. just like, I like any, any author who's, you know, willing to voice that they think star Wars is science fiction, because I don't think many people would, would say that. I think a lot of people would be, would just go with the, the kind of common consensus that it's science fantasy. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, yeah, Timothy Zahn, like his naval, tactics knowledge oh yeah yeah. ridiculous like that's all those books are and i'm here for it i love it so much i mean develops the characters as well but i mean there's so much like naval tactics and and it's Mm so i don't know that's kind of my favorite part of those books i kind of love that um i can just read it forever oh no thrawn did it again (laughs) 
<laughs> and people are surprised. <laughs> I actually it, it confuses me sometimes. Like the recent Thrawn trilogy, we've read every book, and it's like after Thrawn pulls off like this, it's like thread the needle sort of like naval tactic. I'm just utterly confused. I'm like, what? I, know, I feel I feel dumb reading most of this. <laughs> wait, what? Yeah. I have to like reread, be like, oh, that's right, that's like build it off. But I'm like, yeah. wait, how? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I have to like go back and read every maneuver, and then I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. Yeah, yeah. Get your but whiteboard to, out. To Timothy Zahn, it's yeah. like he's got it all planned out. Yeah, yeah, he's got it. Um, all right, awesome. Another fantastic read that was super fun. Um, let's get on to our next and final segment. Look, good against remotes is one thing. Good against the living, that's something else. Meg doesn't know what this is yet. So, Meg, um, I was combing through your feed, and you said, could I please, someone please play a game with me where we play Name That John Williams theme? No! It's <laughs> <laughs> happening right now. That's happening right now. Oh, I'm gonna. I I am going to do so terribly, and it's gonna make for great no, no. content for you. And I'm so happy. Oh, yeah. no, well, we'll be. Um, Adam and I will be I will do with you, and we'll also be terrible. So don't worry about it. But Meg gets oh. the guest yeah. first. Oh, I'm gonna be really bad. Yeah. You can't just post that on the Twitter, <laughs> and then not expect to get it. This is yeah. gonna be a train wreck. I'm I'm ready. Let's do These it. These are many samples of music that I've cut before for previous episodes. So Ben and Adam might have a leg up just in terms of little samples. So just. You know, will not don't jump on me. I'll be slow on the buzzer. All right, you guys ready? I'm going to play, okay, Welcome to Modal Nerds. This is our first ever oh, music wait, trivia uh, uh, segment, and we're super excited to do this with our special guest, Meg, for the first time ever. And um, I'm going to start to play just little snippets of John Williams' score, and then if you can name the title of the track that it'll be full full points on that you'll get a half point if you just name the movie or the sequence in which that track uh is heard okay okay all right um, i'm going all to right. play a lot of half points coming at you maybe okay here is the <laughs> the first track starting now oh so this is uh wait this is asteroid okay. I'll, I'll let it play. You first got a half point, Ben, play. for asteroid for saying the word asteroid. It is <laughs> asteroid field is the name of the field. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. From now on, I'm gonna let it play all the way through, and I won't just jump in with my my blast. <laughs> no, I think I think that's the way I wasn't gonna jump in before. I'm like my jump in is like I know this, I know this. Uh, wait, <laughs> I know this, I know this. Hold on. <laughs> okay. And every time Ben says, it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's exactly what it was. Next track. You know this one. What? I, no, Ben, don't, don't pity us. Ben knows this one. I know you know this one. Of course I know this. Yeah. This, it is totally biased because these were a bunch Can you get of full names. name? Can you get full name and anything? 
It's Meg, like, any guesses? Meg, do you want to jump in? I I'm trying. I was trying to like close my eyes and like picture the scene. I know. Picture I, the scene. I, 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 I don't. I I don't know. Imagine if you a want to guess a movie that's field, happened. a grassy, beautiful day. It's like a uh, a wind that like Windows desktop field. Is that <laughs> this is a hint? Is that giving you anything? No, you're getting and me then further some, away. And then some <laughs> droid. Uh, I roll like, I over was, the planes. Okay, I knew it was prequel. I knew it was prequel error, but I could not get closer than that. All right, so I mean, I I got it based on Ben's hints, but even Ben's hints should give him points. <laughs> All right, this this you is, got Meg. You got it. Do this, you remember it? No. <laughs> this is this is Droid Invasion. Yeah. Phantom Menace. <sighs> really? Yeah. Yeah. For some reason I was thinking I th- I what's interesting is I think I got droids at least because I th- I was thinking maybe it was the droid factory chase scene mm-hmm. in episode two, but totally droids. All right. Yeah. Oh, this is it was like yeah, a little play on the motif of the Imperial March, but it was like yeah. in the prequels. So I, I, I thought that one was always kind of cool. They uh yeah, the droid control ships rolling over the the fields. Got it. <laughs> Listen, I told you I was gonna be bad at this. I wasn't exaggerating. I mean the, the name of this game should be watch Ben show off. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, because he's only he's picked my songs that I picked for my favorite. We did like a George, uh, I'm sorry, right, John Williams. Right, next one, let's let's dive into the next one. We only have right. 1.5, only only Ben has 0.5 at this point. It's there's yeah. still no, name ahead of us. It has more than 0.5. Next track, race theme. <laughs> <laughs> you got to give Meg one. It's right? not titled race theme. <laughs> I don't, okay, fine. The the I don't know what's it called. The uh, Jack Who no, it salvage. It's not, I don't I don't raise. It's not called Rage theme. It's called the scavenger. It's not? John Williams titled oh. the track. Oh, come on, did Ben just get it? Yeah, it's the scavenger. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say, Ben? The scavenger. The scavenger. Yeah, that's correct. This is <laughs> Rage theme. I call shenanigans. <laughs> well, it is. It's like the scavenger, like parentheses, yeah. Rage yeah. theme. But yeah, who's oh. who's the scavenger? Who could that possibly be? Anyway. Yeah. Listen, so, I need so to hear I don't the scavenger, points. all right? That's how you get full points. All right? So I don't get Meg, points. If it makes you feel better, we did one of these with um, beasts, with creatures, and I got killed. I just added <laughs> me on every... That's fair. I, didn't, right. I don't think I got that, one point. That, that does make me feel better. Snack. I, I would about lose that. with starships or drones. I would lose. There's a number of different categories where I would lose. All right. That makes me feel better. But I will say, I didn't get that point, and now I have that song stuck in my yeah. head for the next five days. So thanks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Meg, are you a musician? Are you, do you play violin? I do. I'm very bad at like, so when I hear a song, I can be like, oh, I know that. I've heard yeah. that. I can place that. Ask me to name anything or tell or tell me like yeah. who performed it. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't. I don't. There's some kind of like block, block in my there. brain. I don't I know. will take the movie. I feel you. I will take so I will take which film yeah. if you want. Um, for, for part. Okay, let's do another. Let's do another one here. Oh, OK. All right. Some reason I'm right. my ear towards my microphone. I don't know why I think that's going to help me. This shows how bad I am at this game. I think yeah, my ear wearing towards headphones. my microphone is going to help me somehow. OK. I'm watching Ben. He already knows what it is, and he doesn't even want to say what it is. Yeah, that's your Star Wars. I'll take the film. I'll take the moment, the sequence, and the film. Return of the Jedi? Come on. Oh, yeah. I had a, you're no longer part of the podcast. <laughs> All right. Can we go back to having 
Oh, uh... Be careful what you wish. Any guesses? <laughs> Any guesses? I'll take. Is, uh, is that? Is that a new hope? Is that just yes. like the, the the on Tatooine? Yes. On, okay. Because <laughs> I was wins. like, Meg, all right, Meg, I like, like one one. That's, just, okay. that's binary See, sunset. Binary. That is there a new is. hope. Binary <laughs> sunset. Luke looking out wistfully. Every other original trilogy film. This is humiliating. Please okay. continue. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, I was like, this is going to be a great game. <laughs> it's I'm. I'm having a ton of fun. I'm horrible at this game and having a ton of fun. Oh, uh, 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 Yoda raising the X-wing. Yes. I don't know what it's called. Come on, that's got to be worth Yoda and the Force. Yoda and the Force. Some of us just listened to this on CD where they didn't give you the track names on your output. I don't know track names. Yeah, though no, that's hard. I mean, it's if you can guess the scene, I feel like that. Yeah, if you give me the scene. You said Yoda and the X-Wing. That's fine. I'm fine with it. Okay. Let's do some more interesting things here. So, Meg, Meg, do you ever just sit there and listen in your car or wherever and listen to themes? Because I do. Yeah, Ben, literally. It's amazing what This is a deep cut. This is kind of a deep cut. This is like, I don't think a lot of people know this theme. This song. This is from The Last Jedi. This is the Phasma Gets Killed theme or the fight with Phasma. Chrome Dome, it's called. Chrome Dome. Yeah. (laughs) I have never heard that in my life. I promise. I know. It's like. Okay. It's a deep cut, but it's there. <laughs> all right, all right, I, Meg. I didn't, I didn't know how you would do with this game, but I knew Ben would do this at this game. <laughs> oh. Oh. I mean, it's yeah, it's uh, 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 and it's a. Anybody? Anybody? Go ahead, Ben. Rhymes with Shmea? <laughs> uh, nice, yeah. <laughs> okay, but can I be fair? I feel like Anakin Shmaya's and, and Padme's love theme Tangentially, is very similar to that. Yes, that. And then it cuts, but I was waiting for it to cut off because it does it in the in the scene where it cuts off suddenly where they, no, we can't touch each other. That's the thing. Like, John Wait, Williams kind of flirts and plays with themes, you know. Yeah. And I, that's why he's a master. I would pretty give a little pushback against that. I don't know if the Leia's theme is used in the prequels. Is that what you're talking about? There I don't think it's used. No, it's not notes. used directly. I think they're similar. I think there's like motifs. Similar... There, like, yeah, you, there you, you go. That's a word. Here, Adam. That's a music word that I'm not familiar with. Sounds great. Motif. I'm going to use it as if I know what it means. <laughs> I don't really know what it means, so I'm just I'm using it to sound smart. I yes, motif. It's, it's like the little like <laughs> things really repeat. Yeah, throughout yeah. it's like common threads through a story Perfect. but it's like all of star wars music he just adds like little hints and callbacks and mm. things 
Yes. Artfully so. Are deep cut or well known? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm not gonna do any better than I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going deep cut because if I didn't play my favorite John Williams right. music of all time, I would regret it. I'm trying to figure out if I know Grant well enough. I don't even I know what you're gonna play and I don't know the name of this. It's not even named. <laughs> You can't even find it. You can't find it. You can't like, find this I, track. It's my favorite thing he's find. ever made. I don't think it's named. It's like. goes on and on i think they um they use that a little bit in um obi-wan it's the the rebel fleet theme it's whenever you see the the ships all gathering together mm. and flying around in return of the jedi they mm. use that so theme if it's not time. named how do you it's named how do you I think i had it? to pull that from the actual film i just i just imagine grant with a microphone to the television <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know why it's not themed, uh, why it's not named, because it's so, it is actually, it goes on and on, and it's very iconic. It's like, it gets should, me fired up every time I hear it. I should know all these. Did I ever tell you it's that It's like I Akbar did? and the whole squad. Yeah, out yeah, yeah. Adam, you'll know this next one, so you can't guess on this. I mean, hold on for a second, though. Did I ever tell you that I used to actually do that? I recorded on a tape recorder the Star Wars things, and on road trips, I would listen to the Star Wars movies on my Walkman. Oh, Adam, that's so cute. Yeah, I'm a nerd. All right, I won't get, apparently I'm not allowed to guess this one. Nope. All right. Here we go. I'm doing so well so far. Fair enough. Stop. Any She's guesses, right Meg? Is it Ewok related? Yes. It is. Right? Um, it just sounds close. It's, it's very close. Similar, similar oh, size. Statured beings similar for size sure. Creatures. Just the other ones, not Ewoks. The other other short statured, well known. What species? <laughs> On Tatooine. That wear ropes. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is the Jawa theme. That is, I think, Sandcrawler, okay. seeing them for the first time, that yeah. sort of stuff. It's not uh, even the same as an Ewok. It's fine. Yeah. I, was, no, I, I was, I mean, I thought you similar. said Jawa at first. I got really excited. I was like, yes! <laughs> I, um, I only know that because right, the reason one, I was not allowed more, to. One more, and is, I think it's a fitting note, honestly. Yeah. We'll end on one more, and right. I think it's, it's pretty fitting. It's a, it's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful um, co composition.
mean, it sounds like it's end of a movie. Uh, is it end of episode nine? No. No? All right. Is it end of seven? End yes. of Force yes. Awakens? Ah, yes, it is. Jedi Steps, the end of seven. That's what it's called. Oh, I love nice. that one. That's, so That's such a good one. It's right yeah. where she hands the uh, lightsaber to Luke. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to actually say it was, I was I was thinking Oct 2, but I thought it was the end of um, the next movie of eight. It's Oct 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Rad. Well, thank you for fun. participating in that uh, game right there. I think <laughs> yes. you did pretty well. It's so fun. I love losing. <laughs> yeah. I've never I had so much fun that being horrible experience. in a game. <laughs> yeah. Did that sound okay? Because we'll, we'll cut in. That. No, that I think it actually sounded, I think it came up really nice. Yeah, I don't think you need to. Yeah. Yeah. Our, uh, our listeners will need to be as challenged as we were to um, discern all the low fidelity transmission of music. And they, they'll be screaming, I'm sure, at their stereos or you know, AirPods or whatever they're, they're listening on. Um, that was awesome. Uh, Meg, thanks so much for joining us and, and playing with us and talking about uh, the galaxy far, far away. It's, uh, it's an honor to meet you. Um, you've done so many really great things in the galaxy. Um, I read your work. I listen to your work now that I've got your podcasts. Um, and it's just a treat. You're, you make the galaxy a better place. And um, it's a real treat to, to have you on our pod. Thank you. And thanks so much for having me. It's I lo- I just love, you know, hopping around the podcast because like I've met most of the people that I like regularly talk to from Star Wars fandom. Now I met mm. through podcasting. I met my husband <laughs> through podcasting like this. Oh, nice. oh, wow. You meet. Yeah. That's like where it's a huge community, you know, and I just love mm. um, I'm always down to uh, talk some Star Wars and lose terribly at, at games. Um, <laughs> I'll always here for it. OK, <laughs> great. Next, well, Meg, do you want to plug anything you're on next? Any shows? Ah, uh, um, there, there, there's a lot. Uh, um, <laughs> you know, just you know, stick with the now. This is lit because I there's just I have a lot of plans. I'm trying not to overwhelm myself with doing too many episodes at once, but like there's a lot of fun stuff because there's a lot of books yes coming out and mm-hmm. books that have already happened and books that'll be announced eventually. So like it's I guess it's I'm stuck with it now forever. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> I listened exciting. to your first episode today um, with Roseanne A. Brown. Um, like I said, she's a darling, and it was a great podcast. Mm. So I definitely recommend listening to Now This Is Lit. Um, that's a play on words, um, literature. Anyways, I figured that out all on my own. Um, just now? <laughs> just now, yeah. I thought it was genius when I first heard it. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, we can't all, all be geniuses. Um, anyways, uh, thanks so much for listening to us this week. Um, next week, we'll talk about more Star Wars stuff. We haven't even decided yet what that will be, um, but it'll be fun. Um, have a fantastic week, and as always, may the Force be with you. This is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you, and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you. Always.